Welcome to a new edition of the Christy Taylor Show. Here inside the Taylor Tilton Hour, I'm your host, Christy Taylor. Super excited to have you here. And a shout out to all of our markets. We're talking Memphis, Chattanooga, also Little Rock and Rome, Georgia. Then we're in Alabama and Huntsville, Mobile and Florence. So welcome you all to the Christy Taylor Show and the Taylor Tilton Hour. Now on today, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we're going to be talking about mental health, but from a caregiver's perspective. And on today, I'm super excited about our special guest, Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman. And before she comes, I do want to make sure we give a special uh Salute to our sponsors, the Podcast Center. Broadcast your podcast on Comcast. You can follow them on Facebook. Also to our sponsor, Christy Taylor Consulting. Elevate your brand at ChristyTaylorConsulting.com. And if by chance you love the show, yes, you can now support us and we look forward to your support. Now on today, I definitely want to let you all know that we have um, very important information to give you if you are by chance a caregiver or you know someone who is. And our guest today, Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman, is your proactive caregiver advocate, retiring early to become a full-time caregiver to her mother who passed in 2017. As a registered nurse by profession, one would think caring for a loved one in the home would be simple. And one would think the expertise known by a nurse would provide all the needed insights to manage care in the home. Now, while a nursing career provided her guidance, Dr. Hipman found that 24-7 care in the home uncovered more than staying on top of activities of daily living. Being unprepared for the business side of the caregiving space created its own set of stressors, and Dr. Hickman found that the business side of caregiving became a significant action item and that it is often left out of the discussion. Now, caregiving requires a holistic mindset to include physical, mental, emotional, and business. And let me tell you, Dr. Hickman believes that caregiving conversations should start, she says, yesterday. I'm looking forward to this conversation, both about caregiving in light of mental health awareness. But first of all, Dr. Hickman, thank you so much for being here on the Christy Taylor Show. Thank you, Christy Taylor. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Wow. And I tell you, it this is an honor to talk to someone, first of all, from the medical profession who also has a firsthand experience in caregiving. And I know that you, based on all that I've read about you, your website, you are a bona fide, as you say, a proactive caregiver advocate. And I would like for you to, first of all, give me some history about you, the person, and how you came to this particular uh, level of advocacy. Right. So I am from Toledo, Ohio. My mother had four girls. I was the third one. We were the alphabet girls. Anita, Brenda, Cynthia, and Diane. And of course, I was the cutest. And uh, she raised us to give back to society. She raised us to in invest in education and then to share the education. So I uh, went to school as my other sisters did. And my first degree was in nursing. And I went on to get the master's in nursing education because I wanted to teach nursing. And then my PhD is in health services because I wanted to involve the community and population health in my desires to take care of others. My mom had a heart failure in her, uh, in her years uh, when she got sick. And interesting enough, I spent 25 years in acute care taking care of heart failure patients. So I was able to take care of my mother at home 
with challenges, of course, with a diagnosis of heart failure. And that was such a blessing in knowing that God planted me where I was and taking care of her. She uh, lived in Toledo, Ohio, and at 77 years old, she came to live with us, uh, my husband and I, because it was necessary because as she aged, we realized that she did not, she couldn't live by herself anymore. Understood. So we encouraged her to come live with us. And when she came, she was still, uh, Chrissy, she was still driving. She was still going to the grocery store. She found a senior citizen center, found her boyfriend from Barbados. <laughs> and, she, and she had a good time. And then as the years progressed, things happened. And I went to a nursing conference and came back from that conference, Christy, and my mother looked different. Mm. And at that point, it was the point that I decided I can get another job, but I can't get another mother. And so I quit my job to take care of my mother full time. Wow. You know, this is such an amazing story. As you said, so many things that prepared you professionally uh, for your mom's um, end of life care, you know, during those years. Um, but to be able to kind of, oftentimes people don't, don't, are not as insightful as you are. Right. Right. And that's why I, and that's why my brand ended up being your proactive caregiver ever because Christy what I realized in caring for my mom if I saw this before it happened I could prevent some things and sure the nursing knowledge helped me in that degree but there were some things that kind of blindsided me but being proactive in a caregiving space helps you mentally and physically because you prepare one of the examples that I like to share is when my mom came, as I stated, she was walking, talking, pooping, peeing on her own. When she had knee issues where she had to have knee surgeries, she ended up having to walk with a cane. Now, after the cane, we progressed to the walker. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens with that is now you have to think safety in your environment. Right, you know, right. Old people love throw rugs. And old people have furniture on top of furniture and it's all crammed in together. And those were safety issues for falls. And so I had to look at my environment and alter my environment because now she was using adaptive aids and with things on the floor had to be moved. Furniture had to be moved out so she wouldn't be in cramped kind of spaces. And so it's a whole process of seeing something and acting on it before uh, an injury, a fall occurs. So being proactive was how I saw. And then I thought one day, I need to say this out loud because you know, if you if you keep education, put it in the can, sit on the can, so nobody can get in the can, that benefits no one. So I realized that I need to share this every opportunity that I can, and it just kind of evolved into um, I'm your proactive caregiver advocate. So here I am. Wow. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, as you say, you've had a career as a nurse and then beginning to be insightful, moving your mom to live with you. And then as she began to age and her health began to change, um, being able to make the adjustments in the home, because actually when you're talking about um, beyond just the, uh, as you can say, the daily activities, but literally moving, uh, changing your environment. What are some of the things as our proactive caregiver advocate that you tell a person who's, first of all, thinking about 
I believe it's now time for me to take care of a family member and or friend because we do know caregiving right. can be, you know, beyond right. the family. Right. What are some of the first uh, steps they should consider before I, taking on this responsibility? Right. I think this is what I say to people. Let's take the blinders off. What do I mean by that? When I say take the blinders off, I want you to step back and look at the what if the possibilities of what you might need to do if you end up taking care of someone. Now that also has to do with what is wrong with this person? Does this person have health issues? What do you know about the health issues? Because even in due diligence, if you don't understand what it is to take care of someone, for example, with heart failure or diabetes, in your quest to do the right thing, you could also do harm. So I always tell people to please, Think about what's wrong with the person or what type of things that you'll have to take care of if you're caring for someone, because now you have to educate yourself on that. So let's think about diabetes, for example. Diabetes has a whole list of problems from vision issues to high and low blood sugars to skin care, foot care, things often missed until something happens. You don't want to wait till you mm -hmm. see a black toe and realize that something's going on with this circulation. You have right. to know diabetes has potential to cause circulation issues. So that mm -hmm. means when you're looking at person, you got to look head to toe. You have to look under fat uh, tabs. You have to look behind things because things grow when people, for example, have diabetes. They get fungus infections a lot. So mm -hmm. you have to, be able to see what's going on. So that's when I say, I tell people, let's educate. Let's talk about the person that you're going to care for and what it looks like. Are they going to need uh, any type of durable medical equipment? And if they do, do you need to get it now or do you need to wait till there's an issue and then you get it? See, so you always have to think about what if, what do they need? Mm -hmm. And that's what I kind of share with people. How do you think this is going to look like? With my mom, we let her come back and forth to Texas for a while so she could kind of see what this environment looks like because she lived in Toledo for 50 years. Her church right. was there. She grad, she, uh, she taught in the uh, Toledo public school systems for 30 years. So that was her life. And so you're taking her out of an environment and putting her in this strange environment. It requires mm -hmm. preparation. You can't just say, okay, mama, you're sick, you're old. Come on. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> And, and and that's the worst thing you can do. You have to prepare someone, uh, so prepare someone for that. And you have to always think, if they could, Christy, they would. Right. If they could take mm -hmm. care of themselves, they would. So now you're tasked with making sure that you keep this person safe, which means that you need to know something about other than feeding, clothing, bathing and those bedtime shenanigans. <laughs> you know, this is some really um, in, important information that you're talking about. Uh, the preparation part of actually knowing what the uh, family member or friend, their needs mm -hmm. are, their medical conditions, mm -hmm. being uh, well-versed in them, become aware of, you know, their medication. And mm -hmm. as you say, the um, evolution of, you know, the aging process mm -hmm. or, you know, the different things that the medical condition can um, present. With that being said, uh, and you talked about being respectful and not just saying, come on, it's time to move me or uh, moving them somewhere where they can be in a safe place. 
how do you suggest family and friends prepare the person for the adjustment? Have a conversation. And that's not what we do well. You have a conversation before you're forced to have the conversation. And that, again, is a proactive step. When we notice that our parents, our sisters, our brothers, our siblings, whoever it is that might be in that caregiving potential, we have a conversation. What do you think about uh, moving to a house that's one story, for example? Yes. What do you think about uh, putting this in your bathroom to help you when you when you walk? Or what about, can we put some rails by the bathtub so when you're getting in and out of the shower? This will help you keep from falling. What about those things? So you look at the picture that you're potentially facing and you say, what can we do to keep things safe? Because always in your mind, think safety when you're dealing with caregiving. The other things are there, but if a person's not safe and well, then we're kind of missing the mark. So safety is always in your mind. And when you think safety, you also think mental health. Because if you would ever have someone hurt themselves because you're caring for them because of something you forgot or something you didn't pay attention to, um, that's a bad feeling. Yeah. That's a bad feeling. You don't intend it, but it happens. And that's hard sometimes for people to try to fix. If I had a, if I should have, I should have mm -hmm. stayed one more time. You know, I let mom do her medicines by herself and she took too right. many because mm -hmm. I didn't see because she had been doing them for herself before she came to me so in right. my brain i'm thinking she has it all together and right. this is particularly a concern with mm -hmm. dementia patients or timer patients parkinson patients with the when the cognitive aspect of people are kind of declined you have to kind of put yourself in that mix in a respectful manner to let them know that you're there to help and guide versus just totally taking over because whatever they can do for themselves, that helps their mental health. And believe it or not, it helps yours because it's one less thing you have to do until such time as you have to do it. You know, you brought in the mental health piece and, and, and I want to um, flip the coin uh, in this regard. Can pause, can, what would be your suggestion if you say, okay, I want to take on this caregiving position and role but I really don't have what it takes mm -hmm. or I don't have the necessary skill sets or resources to do it well and, and fairly. Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts to that? Because that also can wear on a person mentally. You know what I said? I said this to someone one time before Christy and they had to, then, and the question came up, well, how do I do, what do I do? You know, there's a house, there's a car, there's a boat, there's a plane. What do I do? What do I do? And they were really getting very stressed out about this. And I said to her, if this was you, what would you do for you? So think about the things that somebody might need that you're caring for. Mm -hmm. And think about if that was you, what would you do? If you had, if you had a mortgage to pay, and you're now caring for someone who has a mortgage to pay, you will find out who the mortgage company is. You will find out how much the mortgage is. You will find out financially where the funds are that your, your loved one has had that's been paying the mortgage, and you will pay the mortgage. You pay the light bill. You pay the gas bill. You pay the insurance. But if you know that ahead of time, you're prepared. Yes. When you're stressing around trying to figure it out, 
and you're already over the top about the responsibility of caring for a person because you know Chrissy caring for a human being is never taken lightly you know in nursing we say the laying on of hands is what we do every day for our patients when our hands are no longer healing or helping then we have a problem and as nurses we hold people coming into life and we hold hands leaving life. Wow. So if your hands are not the hands that care and, and give, then it's a problem. So you always think, you know, you have to be ahead of the game in taking care of someone. Now, there are situations that we're thrust into the role. We saw this with COVID. Yes. The thing that I noticed, the, which was most painful, is uh, elderly people in nursing homes and families could not get to them. That tugged at my heart so much because people died without their loved ones next to them. Yeah. And I just could not imagine mm. that. Right. And so again, when I thought about being, how do I, how do I share mm. proactive caregiving with people? I want you to know that your mother didn't put you in a nursing home when you were an infant. She fed you, she clothed you, she put your diaper on you. She did all those things that we do for babies. And now it's your turn to give back to our loved ones. Now, I know that one of the things, Dr. Hickman, that you did to help with this journey is to actually share a book. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's entitled From the Lens of Daughter, Nurse, and Caregiver, A Daughter's mm -hmm. Journey of Duty and Honor. Yes. And it talks about caring for an elderly loved one, how it's a noble task and how there has to be compassion and diligence. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about that? And of course, the book is available on Amazon. You can also go to her website. Yes. Uh, that information is the ticker below. Um, but let's talk about duty and honor. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about duty and honor. My mother was an amazing woman. Uh, Dad died when we when I was eleven. She never remarried, and she took care of four girls. And she told us that it was our responsibility to help each other. I recall her mother being cared for by her sister, so we saw what caregiving looked like growing up. Okay. So it wasn't an it wasn't a thought that anything other than somebody, the, the four of us, was going to do something with mom if we needed it and when we needed to do it. The fact that mom had base, a house that had a basement and we knew she would travel those steps, you know, the first thing comes to mind, of course, is safety. And she lived alone. She could fall, you know, be down there for whatever. Now, we called every day and checked on her. But you know what old people do, if you haven't noticed? I'm fine, honey. Go on, do yeah. what you want to do. You know, yes. I'm going to cook me some beans, and I'm going to, and I think, cook some beans, and they may have um, contracted fingers. They might have weakness in their hands. They're going to yes. cook something, fall something, drop something, yes. burn themselves, and the list could go on and on. So I'm always mm -hmm. keeping proactive and safe. Wow. I love how, you know, in the, in the, in your philosophy of being pro, a proactive caregiver, advocate mm -hmm. is really getting us, as you say, the, this is a conversation we should have yesterday. Right. Um, now, of course, for those who have aging parents, you know, you have 
those conversations that are starting to seep into your busy life mm-hmm. um, and also for them as well. Mm-hmm. But what about when it's when it's someone who is younger than uh, yourself? It yeah. could be a child, it could be a sibling. How mm-hmm. do you do you approach it the same way? Because it could be something that was unexpected as opposed to aging. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you address that? There's two, two points. Let me share this one first. So I have a, a six-year-old grandson and I remember t- saying to him, get granny's shoes. That's the first time you're saying you can help. There's something that everyone can do. So I think when I think about what you ask it, I'm saying that you always can say, but you can always be prepared by asking questions and watching. Because what it says to you is you can prepare yourself uh, as, as you look at the situation. Now, the younger generation, a good example of this, Christy, is the sandwich generation. The sandwich generation is still working. They still have children and they have elderly parents. And they're trying to navigate all of these things at one time. So this is a prime example of everyone sitting around the table and say, this is what you can do. This is what you can do. And we all come together to help each other. Because as you, I say, if I'm 40, my mother's probably 60. If I'm 60, my mother's probably 80. But that didn't happen. This happened before me and either I paid attention or I didn't. Typically Mm -hmm. what you see, of course, they go into the hospital. Right. And then when they come out of the hospital, you see they can't do the things that they want to do. I have a dear friend as well who daughter lived in Dallas. She had a hospitalization here. She had Parkinson and she failed because of the shuffling of her feet. The hospital let her know in order for her to come back home, someone had Mm -hmm. to have written the responsibility for her. Now, you never want APS to get in your life. You know, you never want anybody to call adult protective services on you because of something you're not doing. So that's why I say if you look ahead of time, Christy, mama didn't just get 80 and we don't wake up and have Parkinson. Mm -hmm. So, you You know, this is a good point, because um, unlike, you know, previous generations where we had multi generations in the home, Mm -hmm. many of us are living cities and states in sometimes world apart. Mm-hmm. And having those type of contingencies mm-hmm. plans in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reference to um, tending to those that are younger than us, I guess that's also the gentle conversation of yeah. how we would care for an autistic child yes. or any type of situation mm-hmm. where uh, you have someone who needs additional support. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure we get back to, before we get to the wrap up, about the mental awareness piece how does that and what are some of the things that you're seeing and you want to make sure we understand mm-hmm. during mental, um, mental health awareness month about caregiving right if how do i say this everyone has a responsibility siblings you have a responsibility now like you stated christy there are people who are living in other states of the countries but there's something that everybody should do. And that's the thing that in the caregiving space, people have to know that they're valuable and they're needed. We don't want anyone to have the assumption that you will do. We want you to do because your loved ones want you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister lived in Cincinnati when she would come here to visit. Yes. 
I had to realize that this was a visit this time. And I couldn't throw my, you need to do this, 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 and this, because I do it 24 seven. Right. And I almost got myself yeah. in trouble because of that, because all mm-hmm. she wanted was the love on her mother. And all I wanted her to do was cook and clean and do the laundry and change the linen, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. she can't do it, you know, mm-hmm. and so, but I had to realize mm-hmm. that in, the, in my mental state, you know, I was tired, frustrated that people weren't close enough to me to do the things that I needed when they need to do it. And things happen at 3 a.m. Things don't happen at 10 a.m. Things happen at 3 p.m. Things happen mm-hmm. at midnight, you know, where everybody's home and sleep and you're in the thick of it. So I think that it's very important that people realize that there's something that everyone can do, Chrissy, and siblings, you have a responsibility. You don't get a pass. Find Dr. Hickman, you said something on your website. There's a quote that said that you wish that those times when you were stressed, you would do what? Oh, my goodness. Uh, what did I say? I might have said a hundred things. What did I say? <laughs> well, I'll lead it in then. You were saying that you had given you, if you had given yourself more permission to acknowledge. Uh, yes. Yes. The mistakes that I made in caregiving were mistakes based on not asking for what I needed. I had assumptions that people knew what I needed and people don't. So in the caregiving space, don't expect people to be mind readers. Say what you need. And I think that's the part that when my mental health got the worst was when I had to realize People weren't helping me or coming to my aid. I actually ran people away, Christy, because I Mm. thought that they knew what I needed. And what they really wanted was me to ask them what I needed. So Dr. Wick Hickman, is that because oftentimes they don't know how to jump in? It's almost like double dutch. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't know how to help, what is needed, what Mm -hmm. you're comfortable with, what you can regulate. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, okay. And what we're comfortable with because mm-hmm. if, if a person has never cared for someone, maybe they feel like they might hurt them. You know, maybe they feel like they might do it wrong. But really, there's no such thing as doing something wrong. It's, it, but, but asking and helping and teaching and sharing. My sister used to say she didn't want to give insulin because she wasn't a nurse. And I had to tell her one day that half the planet is taking insulin and half, and half of those, half of those are nurses. They have to learn to give themselves insulin because they're diabetic. So a lot of things in the caregiving space can be taught, but people have to be willing to learn too. All right. I love this. You know, once again, we are talking to Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman. She is an author and she is our (laughs) proactive caregiver advocate and here's the book from the lens of daughter nurse and caregiver a daughter's journey of duty and honor an opportunity for her to retire as a nurse to care full-time for her mom and now to share with us the wisdom uh, that she's gained and there's another book also that i want to make sure we mention and you are a speaker and they may want to come to them so let's talk about the the other book and the speaking opportunities Okay, the second book is called The Black Book of Important Information for Caregivers. That book came about, Chrissy, because after I took care of my mom and realized so many of the things that I think people ignore on the business side of caregiving, I wanted to bring to light important information, important phone numbers, 
vital statistics, documents needed in case of death, insurance information, healthcare information, end of life information. Is there advanced directives? Are they notarized? Is there wills? Who knows about them? Where are they? Who's in charge of them? Who's the primary person that's going to make all the decisions? You can't make all the decisions on a dime when someone's ill. It needs to be set up ahead of time. And then you have to have a backbone, especially mm -hmm. if you have siblings, mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't agree. When we put my mom in hospice, my sisters couldn't hear me. And so when we were at the hospital, Chrissy, my sisters were not, they didn't want to hear anything about hospice. I let them stay at the hospital. I came home. I called the hospice nurse. Please come to my home. I did the paperwork I because I saw the writing on the wall. Okay. And after I did it, I let my sisters know this is what's done. I'm in charge. Some things I have to do. And I asked your permission. And I hope that you would understand. But at the end of the day, I have to do what's right for my mom. And so you have to have a backbone in some situations when you're in the caregiving space because your siblings will pull you all kind of way, stress you out, make you feel bad for something that you know you need to do. So you have to realize that God planted you where you are and it's your responsibility to make sure you carry out those duties. It sounds like that's the book that all the siblings and family members need Absolutely. to read Absolutely. as required reading as you go through this journey. And I know we're focused on aging parents, but I do want to say that I do understand that this could be for any family member or friend that you find yourself in a position of caring for. Uh, last but not least, Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman, I know that you have on your website, be sure to check it out. Uh, speaking opportunities. So, uh, oftentimes, what type of organizations could benefit from your from your speaking and your uh, various uh, speaker topics? Right. So any caregiving organization, I'd love for you to consult me. Churches on Monday, Chrissy, I spoke at a church in D.C. virtually, and it was an amazing opportunity to share with a caregiving group there. Uh, schools, because the students in schools need to understand they have a responsibility in the caregiving space. So anyone who's interested in learning about how to be a proactive advocate for aging, aging adults, of course, but children or people who have disabilities, all those I'm willing to share uh, because I think we need to just take the blinders off, look at the real world. We're all pilgrims passing through, Chrissy, and ain't none of us going to get out of here alive. <laughs> oh, yeah, you brought that one. Old school, old school statement where I really do appreciate this. And for those who are in the caregiving space, if you are one who's receiving care, also be sure to focus on your mental health. We make sure that you're doing the things that give you a sense of dignity and also be able to communicate very fully to those who are caring for you. And for those who are in the caregiving role, we want to make sure that throughout this month and the rest of the year, you're also doing kind things to yourself as well. And it's not like communication with those who require your support and those who are also lending support um, is extremely important. So, but if you really want to help, all you have to do is reach out to Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman, be sure to get her books and also reach out to her on her website, She's on social media as well. So thank you so much, Dr. Hickman. Oh, Chrissy Taylor, I appreciate you. Thank you so very much for allowing me to share today. 
You're very welcome. And for those, just one last time, here's the new book. From the Lens of Daughter, Nurse and Caregiver, A Daughter's Journey of Duty and Honor by Cynthia J. Lewis Hickman. It's available on Amazon. Be sure to print today and also her companion book as well. All right. Thank you, everybody. Blessings. Until next time.